How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Just the level set on the Texans' head coaching search. They've interviewed three candidates. Ben Johnson, Detroit OC. They interviewed him on Friday. And then on Saturday, the Texans interviewed both Shane Steichen, the Philadelphia OC, and Jonathan Gannon, the Philadelphia DC, who is, he's now done multiple go-rounds with the Texans when it comes to filling a head coaching vacancy. Yeah. It would seem yeah, they were quite familiar yeah, there were, with Gannon. <laughs> there were, uh, you know, there's speculation or hearsay that maybe Gannon and Casario couldn't quite agree on staff last year. So who knows? I the, the little mini negotiations that go on before the actual negotiation. Um, I don't know how much of that was an issue then or would be an issue now. I know some people have thought about – some people have raised the question as to whether the Texans retaining their assistant coaches is going to be an issue. That's standard right now. Well, those assistant coaches are all under contract. You hire a head coach, then the head coach basically can uh, take the – pick from the smorgasbord as to which coaches he wants to keep. Now that's, I mean, some, some owners treat it differently than others. Given, <laughs> as we talked about earlier, Cal's not afraid uh, to, to spend money on sunk costs. I'd be surprised if, if he, they would really like a candidate, but then say, but you have to keep five of these because I'm trying to save a couple million dollars. Um, so th- I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. No, there's usually a couple that end up sticking around. Like Danny Barrett's been here now through multiple head coaches. I think a lot yeah. of people would like to see Frank Ross stay because of how good the special teams have been last the couple years. Special teams, yeah, this year they were a top five unit in yep. a lot of respects. Though. So, um, yeah, and, th- and then Frank Ross, uh, you know, obviously – He's under contract, but he would also want to, you know, likely if he wants to stick around, whoever the new coach is. I don't know. Yep. Maybe, maybe, maybe he hates Steichen for some reason. They got into a fist fight at the combine <laughs> one year. I would be there for that. Um, all right, so let's get to know some of these guys here, Seth. I'm going to let you set this up. Um, we've got the two Philly coordinators. I'm going to judge them entirely based on the audio you're about to play. Which one do I like better based on audio? But uh, Steichen and Gannon, who do you want to go first here? Let's go with Gannon. Gannon you first. haven't heard this one, yeah. Okay. Gannon, uh, so Gannon is described by like Ross Tucker and others, but Ross Tucker knows him pretty well just from having interviewed him a few times. Well, I guess so, knows him enough. Um, but like Ross interviews a lot of coaches because he broadcasts every weekend. You know, he does an NFL game. So he's he's sat and asked these same questions about scheme and game plan to dozens and dozens of NFL coaches. He said that Gannon's by far, 
I think he said one of the, I want to say he said the most impressive, but one of the most impressive um, guys he's seen when it comes to just being dialed in on the X's and O's motivation, just having a plan for how to coach defense. He said he's very, very impressive. This is Jonathan Gannon um, discussing with one of his younger assistant coaches uh, while he was mic'd up at practice one day about how to coach these guys. Stealing. Oh, my God. There it is. Bang. In a good spot. God, he's, he's sprinting back to that ball. On top. On top. On top. Check his split out. On top. Get it out! Get it boy! Get it out! Get it out! Get it out! You can't, you can't fix everything. Fix one thing. You know what I mean? And then, it, and then, it, yeah, and then, it, and then it takes off pressure of the player. Like, hey, dude, like your one thing was hook scene. That's right. Your hook, your your deal was hook scene. Well, you know, this wasn't great. Yeah, but my hook scene was good. Good. Then you just keep stacking those together. So he's coaching his coaches there, is what I'm hearing. Right? Yeah, well, at the beginning, I should I sent Ben the wrong clip. At the beginning there, he's coaching players. Um, but then then midway through, he's talking about how you got to focus in on one thing. That'd be, it, funny like guy, he, be funny if he were coaching coaches at the beginning. He's just growling yeah, at them. And, stick! Stick! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> stick! <laughs> he... <laughs> uh, he, I think, uh, like, I liked hearing that, like, just that, that, because guys, are, coaching is teaching. You know, O'Brien, that's one of the things O'Brien used to say There's 100% true, is that coaching is teaching, and I think uh, guys that can focus in on fixing things one at a time, um, if you can apply that to his team and having a kind of a patient mentality about it. I like that. I had, I got the impression of him before, almost partly because he's always wearing sunglasses, like that he's almost like a, like a Terminator automaton. I've watched some mic'd ups and in interviews now where I'm starting to get a feel for the person more. And I think that when you watch him coach his players, he has that quality. Like uh, guys that I've had like that, like Dom Capers and Dick Duran was like this, where like they just want to give you information. Like you know, like you feel like you're both on the same side because you're both like you both just want to. You both want both of you want you to perform well, and he's going to help you do it. And like it doesn't need to be all that dramatic or anything. You just we're gonna we're gonna attack it and we're gonna get you better. So um, he feels like that kind of guy to me. I, uh, and, and the Eagles defense has been very good despite what Eagles fans tell you. <laughs> you Eagles fans Eagles fans despise that defense because it, they play a lot of zone, they allow a lot of easy receptions underneath, and yet they don't allow a lot of points, which is the A number one goal of a defense. Yeah, and it's it's an angry city. That's that's my rationalization for that. I think they were I think their defense is sixth in DVOA. You know, yeah. the, the, if you're wondering like where do the units rank that the of the guys the Texans have interviewed so far? Ben Johnson is the steward of the fifth-rated offense in efficiency, the OC for Detroit. Steichen yeah. is the OC for the third-rated offense in efficiency, and Gannon is the is the DC for the sixth-rated defense in efficiency. So these are all good units that they're overseeing. Uh, so we'll go with we can go with Steichen next, and uh, because we'll finish up with D'Amico, because everybody knows that D'Amico is my favorite. So. Steichen, who has uh, run a very, very good offense with Jalen Hurts as his quarterback, um, previously was the offensive coordinator for the Chargers in 2020 when Justin Herbert, 
a different type of quarterback than Jalen Hurts was the rookie of the year that year. So that's the most intriguing thing about Steichen is that he's worked with two different young quarterbacks and gotten really good performances out of them. That's that's hard to ignore. And I'm not a, hey, you got to hire an offensive guy, but man, that's that's twice. I know people are making the same argument for Pep Hamilton, but that, that was as a quarterback's coach, um, not as an offensive coordinator. So, which ironically enough, yeah, like, Davis Mills looked a lot better with, with Pep Hamilton as his quarterback's coach Much better. than he did yes. with Pep Hamilton <laughs> Way as his coordinator. <laughs> yep. So uh, this I, – I was I'm – on, I'm on the fence as to Steichen's personality. Some guys are offensive coordinators and nothing more, and it's hard to envision them in the head coaching role. Um, but sometimes guys f- seem like that, then they get in the head coaching role, and they're just – they 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 grow into it. They're just like they they kind of assimilate all the other leadership aspects. So um, this was Steichen uh, talking about Jalen Hurts' work ethic. He doesn't leave the building. Like this guy is here all day, every day. Uh, all he cares about is football. And when all you care about is football, you're you're going to be successful. Um, and that, and that's what he does. It's it's all he thinks about. He never takes days off. I mean, he's always working. Shoot, I was. On Friday, you know, we met after practice, you know, this past week, and I'm walking through the weight room, you know, 4 o'clock, and kind of everyone's gone, and he's in there working, you know. Shoot, last week he was, yeah, I don't remember what time it was, maybe 8 o'clock at night, and he came up and said, what's up, and going to go home and get some rest. I'm going in the weight room and getting on the bike. He doesn't stop. So that's so, Shane Steichen, the OC yep. for the Eagles. He uh, so he's uh, like he's got more of a laid back demeanor. I almost feel like if he were to be the head coach, he'd have to be careful in selecting a couple of taskmasters uh, on his staff somewhere. You know, the guys uh, like in business, it would be your chief of operate your chief operations officer, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a, a drill sergeant type, and, and just find that balance for the staff. Not to be a jerk or anything, but just to to balance things out a little bit. Um, but also, I mean, that's that's something they used to say about Kyle Shanahan. You know, like he didn't necessarily have as assertive a personality as he might look for as in a head coach. Uh, I don't know. They've they've done all right. They've done. He hasn't. His personality hasn't been holding them back. He calls the plays in Philly, does he not? Does Steichen call uh, the plays? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, I mean, Sirianni's an offensive coach. I, that's why I was yeah. I wasn't sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, we can look that up. I just wasn't sure if you knew off the top of your head. Uh, does that matter to you if he we're hiring? Over, no, he took over play calling duties midway through the 2021 season. Okay. And that, it, well, he, the plan was for him to call plays at the beginning of this season. And I don't, I can't imagine there was anything. I was just trying to think if there was any, like, I thought maybe you'd heard news that like Sirianni had taken back over. Or something. Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. I was literally just, I, I didn't okay. know the answer to it. So, um, uh, so that's Steichen. Steichen at the beginning of that cut almost sounded a little like Casario. His voice, just his voice, his cadence. Play just the first like five seconds of it, Ben. It's- he doesn't leave the building. Like this guy's oh. here all day, every day. There you go. Uh, yeah, a little, a little Casario. It's like if Casario had grown up somewhere in like the maybe mid Atlantic or something. Yeah, yeah. Instead of yeah, instead of Ohio. Right, right. It's Casario with an Eastern accent. Is what he that- grew up in California. Steichen. He was born in California. Went to Oak Ridge High School. Okay. Yeah. All right. El Dorado Hills, California. Okay. Well, that's the Oak Ridge accent, then, I guess. Um, all right. So, is that those. The Derek, is that the Derek Carr accent? It is near Sacramento. Okay. It's, uh, you know what? 
Yeah. A lot of people have pointed that out to us, by the way. When we talk about Derek Carr's accent, people say, listen, you know, California isn't just Los Angeles and San Francisco and beaches. It's a lot of country and everything. To which we usually reply, yeah, but he grew up the younger brother of David Carr, who doesn't sound anything Who had no like accent, that. yeah. Yeah, and he lived in Katy, uh, or Missouri City, wherever, for, uh, for a big chunk of his childhood. Yeah. We're not getting, we're not seeing that. But I can hear a little bit of a twang. I can hear a little bit of that twang in Steichen's voice. A little bit, a okay. little bit, a little bit. pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, D'Amico. Give me some, give me some intel on D'Amico okay. Ryan's. So D'Amico Ryans, who most people listening know, love, and remember from his days with the Texans, he is the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. He has spent much of his career as a player and as a coach opposite a Kubiak-Shanahan system, which is appealing to me because I feel like he probably, A, appreciates the superiority of that system, and B, knows what to look for in coaches who coach it, and maybe has a little bit a bit of access to them because he's a defensive-minded coach, so he's going to have to be good at, at picking the offensive coordinator. So with D'Amico, the thing that really intrigues me about him as a, as a coordinator slash coach is the attention to detail that I see out of the San Francisco defense. That's very, very good. They disguise their blitzes very well. I think guys – you can tell that guys execute – their plays on defense in a meticulous manner, and they seem like a pretty heady bunch, like a pretty intellectual uh, uh, coverage group. So there's that. But then there's this. So Lenore is a uh, defensive back for the 49ers. He's gotten picked on a lot this year. Like every time I watch a 49ers game, Lenore is screwing something up. D'Amico, who was not just a good player, but also is a just a very good people person, uh, let the announcers describe to you how D'Amico handled this situation headed into the playoffs. Defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryan says he's talked to Lenore about the fact that teams are going after him. He said, look, don't look at that as a negative. Don't take that personally. Look at it as a positive. You're going to have all these chances to make plays. And they said this immediately after Lenore had made a critical interception in the second half of the game, one that was part of like really the go-ahead for uh, um, sealing it for the 49ers. So, yeah, that, like that, that little tweak there is just something – like it sounds simple enough, but there are a lot of super-driven, you know, type A types that become head coaches who don't have the understanding of human psychology like to handle situations like that that way. Well, I you know, and not to pick on Bill O'Brien, but you know, Diamador Lenore is a second year player. Um yeah. he was a rookie last year. Rookies had a hard time developing, I think, with O'Brien's kind of third class citizen view of them sometimes. Just, they don't know anything. Yeah, I mean I, I and I get it. There's a, I, I get it that there's a, a kind of a quasi hazing aspect to rookies. You don't want to hand them too much nor give them too much. But I do think there's a line you can cross where you've got I think I'm a big believer that you gotta manage you've got to manage people different people get managed different ways. And some people need uh, a pat on the butt instead of a yeah. you know a spanking. Well, I think that there was there's some reality, but I, I feel like uh, O'Brien, in a lot of ways, was a rookie bigot. He was uh, he was bigoted against rookies. The same way I'm I'm thinking of um, the show uh, Mad Men. Sean, mm-hmm. there's a uh, one of the main female characters' name was Peggy, 
and she was a, a brilliant ad writer, but she was just working as a secretary in this advertising agency because it was the 1960s, you know? You're not going to put a broad in the boardroom, right? <laughs> a dame, and, yeah. And uh, that's the way they talked back then. Yep. And so one day, basically, she makes a suggestion, and it's a brilliant suggestion, and and all these all these dudes are blown away. Um, they're like, it was like a... It was like a like a like a monkey sat down at a. T- it, it was um they couldn't believe it. Uh, that's how that's how Bill O'Brien looked at rookies. He was the same as like a 1960s businessman assessing uh, a female business person. <laughs> yes. he was gonna like give grudging, grudging, grudging praise, and there was no chance in hell that he was. He was. Am I? I mean, I don't. I don't think I'm off base on that. I don't think I'm off base on that being, you know, on assessing that as his view of of young players of rookies. You know and. Yeah. Very few of them wound up developing on his watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, uh, if you, it's a halo effect. It's the opposite of the halo effect. Yep. Whatever you, whatever you believe about somebody, like you pretty much cap their, you cap their limitations by like believing whatever you believe about them. And I thought that last night as I was watching Max Sharping start at right guard for the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> in a playoff game. <laughs> All right, uh, Payne and Pendergast with you on a reaction Monday seven one three five seven two. Four six ten is the trailer wheel and frame text page. We played a bit of awkward audio before from that uh, involved Vince Wilfork. I want to play that again because we've got people weighing in with different awkward Lebitard type moments that they've had. It was from the Dan Lebitard show, so we'll um, we'll play that for you again. People got a kick out of that and some of the follow up stories um, to that. Um, we're still waiting today, big CJ Stroud day. So we're waiting to see if the Ohio state quarterback announces for the draft. A lot of questions coming in about that as well. Could CJ Stroud be holding off on announcing anything because he doesn't want to become a Houston Texan. We will address that as well as we roll things out here on a reaction Monday and in the loop, of course, we'll jump in with us in the final segment of the show. Stay there. You're listening to pain and Pendergast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so we played this a little earlier. We'll play it again because we've had some people text in. They enjoyed, uh, the, the some of the texters, Seth, enjoyed our stories of awkward on-air moments um, that we were doing during uh, just before headlines earlier in the show yeah. today. Um, people like that stuff. Um, the, it was spawned from this bit of audio from the Dan Lebitard show, in which Dan Lebitard and his co-host Dugatz were interviewing, they were interviewing Vince Wilfork on what sounds like an interview where they were going to talk tailgating and barbecuing with Vince Wilfork. He's got a show on the Food Network now. Um, and Dan Lebitard, who's known Vince Wilfork for a long time, Lebitard, a Miami guy, Wilfork, a Miami guy, um, asked him about uh, or brought up how much he admires Vince Wilfork for talking openly about how much he loves his wife, Bianca. Here's what it sounded like. I have always enjoyed the way that you talk about your wife and your relationship. You are very comfortable talking about how you met your wife, how much you love her, how important she is to you, and that's the reason that I asked the question. I've always admired that about you, that you are—you have no problems whatsoever professing your love. Well, the thing is, uh, I have a new wife now. You know, me and Bianca didn't make it. So I moved on. We moved on. It was for the better both of us and um but we are we are real you know good friends you know we are parents first um and the love i have for her i I have for her but you know my new wife that 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 we just got married you know october 8th of 2020 and um i'm happy all right, so we know that Dan Levitard has not <laughs> talked to Vince Wilfork in at least 26 months. <laughs> so so that's how well, that wait, went. Hey, to be fair to Dan Levitard, yeah. if you look up Vince Wilfork's wife, it's still, um, it still pops up, Bianca Wilfork. Oh, does it? Okay. It says married 2004 through 2021, um, which is, I think that's off based on. Based on something we're about to hear, or did he just say the 2020? He said 2020. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. I, uh, the the Google result is, I hope, a little bit off. Um, but yeah. So in in Levitard's defense, there's nothing but pictures of Bianca Wilfork right. and Vince. Wil- which I got. If you're the new Mrs. Vince Wilfork, that would, that would bother me a little bit, man. The what? Oh. Like all over the internet, if you look up Vince Wilfork's wife, which is a common, by the way. That's a common search because I know that's one of the first things when you pop when you put in any professional athlete. One of the first suggestions that pops up is wife. Yeah. So um, yeah, that would uh, she's because uh, Bianca was out there and very public. So there's a lot of internet material uh, that's been search engine optimized <laughs> to pop up as Vince Wilfork's wife. Uh, I just put in Sean Pendergast wife. Yeah. You know because Vince Wilfork and I are basically on the same level of stardom. Yeah. Um. Amy Zan pops up right there in big letters. You got so, it right, yeah. right? Because well, your first divorce was before the internet was barely even a thing. That was uh, it? it was two thousand on paper. It was two thousand ten. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was, internet uh, was in full force by then. <laughs> it was humming. <laughs> we had iPhones and everything. Oh, Twitter? Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see when uh, I pipe in Seth Payne wife. Um, 
pictures of Brandy, uh, one picture of Chris Brown's wife. Don't 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 look into that, Brandy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> it's got her very long maiden name in there too. When I Google it, Unverdorben. Unverdorben means, means pure and unspoiled. Okay. Crock of crap. That sounds yeah. about right. Oh my god! Listen to you. Um, it's got a, oh, it's got her uh, like a roller derby video I did with um uh with with Channel Thirteen I think. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Brandy. People don't know she's uh, she's a ro- what do they call roller derbyists? What are she they? She was a jammer, which is like the running back of uh, of roller derby. Oh, okay, they've got different positions, huh? She broke her sternum roller derbying, Sean. Wow, that's what you need to know about that sport. When do yeah. you, when does one start roller derbying? Like it? Oh, for age? her, the age of forty two. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> There's no better time to take up roller derby than at the age of 42. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she broke her sternum when she was like 46 at the it was like the national all star championship. Oh my god! And uh, oh no, she broke her she broke her sternum before that. She got like a massive concussion at the national championship. What's the goal of roller that, derby? Like I've watched it before. I just see yeah. people getting thrown over the rail and well, stuff. Well, okay, like that. it used to be it was fake back in the day. It was yeah. like wrestling. Yeah. It yeah. was like pro wrestling. Yep. It was weird. It went from it went from a fake sport to where somewhere along the way they're like, Hey, let's do this for real. So there's like a running back, a jammer, and they're trying to lap the other jammer. Like they get points each time they uh like they, they lap the other person. Okay. So the people in front of you it's almost like you've got an offensive and defensive line combined that you're, the people in front of you, your teammates, are trying to block the way for you yeah. while at the same time blocking the other jammer. Okay. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of strategy involved, huh? It's a lot of strategy, and it's a lot of cool. Like, But if you're the jammer, it's like you're a fun little uh, running back. You get to dart in and out and everything and try not to get – Blasted by huge people. Is yeah. the jammer considered like the most athletic of all the roller derbyists? I, I think so. At least as far as yeah, like the most like the combination of of speed and and all that. Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want to insult any. Like the various positions have their various. That was always my impression, but I'm biased. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't want to yeah. insult any of the roller derby people that might listen to our show. Well, they they might kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> they are tough. <laughs> they are tough. Um, trailer wheel and frame uh, text page. This is from 8676. My Levitard moment. <laughs> I hadn't seen a girlfriend of mine in some months. I knew she was pregnant, but I didn't know if she had her baby yet. So I said, so when are you due? I had my baby a while ago. Oops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's something. Hey, kids and young adults or anybody that's never had a child before, because I don't think I really knew this until I had a child, was that women, like their uterus and everything is still... Uh, it, uh, like baby size for a while yes. after they have the baby. So they, they can give the impression of being pregnant. So, um, just, just be, just, just let, let them give you all the information they want to give you. You don't have to ask any specific questions about anything. Yes. Yeah. Of all the things you don't need to comment on or ask questions about, that is at the top of the list. <laughs> yes. Especially after they've given birth where they're definitely sleep deprived. Um, they might not be feeling awesome about themselves. There might be some hormonal issues. Like the last thing in the world they need is uh, some jerk being like, you look like you're still That's pregnant. Moo. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> That's the last thing That's they the need. Worst. Mooing. Mooing is the worst thing you can do. 
No oinking, no mooing, yeah, no yeah. barnyard animal noises of any type. Um, trailer Wheel and Frame text page 0354. The best, most awkward on-air interview on your guy's station was Nick Wright and John Lopez with Tom Herman. Oh, with Tom Herman or with – okay, so the Tom Herman one – was when Lopez had written something about future Texans great quarterback Kyle Allen, uh, potentially having met illegally with Tom Herman before he decided to transfer. Right. Yeah, and uh, it got. Uh, I don't. I don't know which part you're you're jumping into here. I, well, I'm, I'm Ben's looking for it. I just oh, okay. I just read the text. We didn't oh, have anything. So up. yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, Lopez asked Herman to come on. Herman came on and was. It was having a conversation with Lopez when all of a sudden, off the off the turnstile comes in Nick Wright. Yeah, it's like if you if you want to visualize what that interview sounded like, it was Lopez and Herman fairly heated with one another going at it, and Nick Wright like standing behind Lopez just hurling insults at Herman is what yeah. it felt like. You know what I mean? Like and, and Herman was Herman was not happy about Nick Wright's intrusion in that interview to the point where he asked how old he was at one point during the interview. You know, one of the other ones, too, uh, involving Nick was when Nick asked Matt Schaub why he thought he still deserved to be the yes. starting quarterback in 2013. Yes. And that was the end of the Matt Schaub show on, on Texans, on Sports Radio 610, other than they moved it to Texans Radio, uh, I think that next week, and yeah. you would never be on the morning show again. Yeah, yeah, that was, I felt like that was a period of time where a wall started to get built between Texans Radio and Sports Radio 610 content for a period was, of time. Uh, you know, I'm looking back on it, I don't think Nick was, I don't think it was an unfair question. No. I don't think, no, it's definitely not an unfair question. It would be unfair if it was said in a certain tone. Like if you if you said like why should you even be the quarterback? Um, I don't think it was. I felt like I felt like that was a very uh, emotionally heightened moment where uh, everybody on the team and around the team was super sensitive because they'd been chosen by a lot of people to go to the Super Bowl that year. They were the, they were kind of the darling dark horse, and everything was just a disaster. Obviously, it was the 2013 season. Yes. So, yeah, I don't, I don't blame Nick for that one. I feel like that was a little bit of hypersensitivity. Now, here was Ben. What are we about to hear right here? Uh, set, set it smell up. Smell test. This is oh, the smell test. Okay, yeah. Here's to, Tom, <laughs> Nick Wright bringing up the smell test with Tom Herman. Your fire analogy, while your definition of the word meat was quite interesting, your fire analogy doesn't to me pass anyone's smell test. I also think, for whatever it's worth, what's a smell test, Nick? Is that a real question? Uh, that's an absolute. Hey, who who are you, man? Are uh, how old are you? Are you like nineteen? Thirty-one or, years uh, old. Thirty-one years old. Yes, it's a real question. Or I wouldn't have asked it. <laughs> that, boy, hearing that, it's funny because Nick's voice is—he's uh, his voice has dropped a little bit. Yeah, like I think he sounds more. Sounds more like a man now. Um, when it, I, I could see where if Herman had never talked to him before, it might sound like some some kind of nasally internet kid or something. Yes. <laughs> <There> was, <laughs> Tom Herman did not pull punches, man. <laughs> so does that pass the smell test? That's a common. I, it, oh, that's a very him? common saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't. Um, I think that's how I think heart rates were high enough on that in that conversation that things stopped making sense. You know, it's like you can't 
I can't remember what the heart rate is. There's a heart rate where they say, like, past that, you can't have a, a productive conversation. Oh, really? Yeah, and I feel like Herman especially uh, was up in the anaerobic zone on that one. He was, uh, if you were... (laughs) (laughs) Anaerobic zone. I I have a buddy who had the best description for Tom Herman that I ever heard. My buddy Rick said, Herman is definitely a guy who wants to speak to the manager at places that he goes. (laughs) He, He goes out to eat. He's absolutely speak to the manager guy. Like, I've wondered about that. You know, I feel like I've I, like over time I've learned just to not fight certain battles. It's just like oh, I just it's a, uh, one of my one of my really laid back friends, Farragher, the guy who's good friends with Dave Matthews. They're very laid back, if you can imagine. Go figure. Um, his is like he says it's a cost of doing business. Like he just like he doesn't worry about stuff and he gets screwed over sometimes. But like whatever, it's cost of doing business. Boy. So I guess somebody's gonna steal my suitcase because I don't pay attention to it. Whatever, it's cost of doing business. Um, like there's a like where is it? Like how far? There's you never want to be the guy that fights every battle. No, because it's a miserable way to live, and yet you don't also want to be a pushover. Yeah. But I feel like if I have to err, I'm I'm more now in life back. I'm on the side where I'd rather err on the side of being a pushover. You're more to the Farragher end of the tranquility scale. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's I mean there's there's merit to being the guy that fights every battle. I mean, you, you definitely want those people in your life at some point. Boy, it's tiring, though, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it feels exhausting. What's a smell all... test, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I think a lot of football coaches are like that. Oh, though, yeah. Because there's so many battles to fight, and there aren't a lot of people that are, like, uh, equipped to, to, do, to be that guy. So the ones that are, that are equipped that way can just, like, that's, that's their world. They live in it. Well, you know? and Herman fought all of them. I mean, remember Herman yeah. stopped coming on the station because Garrett Heinrich wrote – a piece for our website about where he might go after he leaves U of H. Like he, like, you know, I think that was the last straw, wasn't it? Because yes. you guys still had him on after the Nick Wright. We did. Thing. We did. Yep. We, we sure did. did. I remember I went out the next year. It was after we had gotten the morning show mm-hmm. and, uh, cause Nick had gone on to Fox sports and I remember I went out to practice during training camp and I was just going to ask, uh, I was, <laughs> okay, this is an awkward moment. I wish I, I wish I hadn't done this. I went out and I figured like I'd open up with a joke because I hadn't, I hadn't, I had met Herman a couple times, but he didn't remember me. And I think maybe that was part of, I thought maybe he'd remember me because I, I think I, um, that Nick interview ended by basically Nick inviting Herman out to lunch. And I think Herman saying, God, no. Yes. Yes. Right? That's right. Correct. So, yeah. So I think I opened up with Nick by asking if he wanted to, or with Herman by asking if he, uh, if he wanted to go out to lunch. Uh, I said, Hey, I'm in the, I've got the morning show now. Do you want to go out for lunch? Oh. And he got like immediately pissy about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Come on, man. And then I started like kind of stammering and asked some question about uh, the, 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 the three man. Uh, the three-man front defense. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a sense of humor, man. You got to have a sense of humor. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast, it's a reaction Monday. The one other thing we just need to touch on before we get out of here, C.J. Stroud, today is the day that he needs to announce if he's going to go pro. A lot of you bringing up that this could be C.J. Stroud just not wanting to be a Houston Texan. I think the one big reason people bring up about that, I think is something Nick Casario um, addressed when he was on with us last week, and we'll let you hear that next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so we're keeping an eye on the uh, the old newswire today. Are there still newswires? Uh, do they still do it? <laughs> yeah, it's the wire, the AP wire. Okay, probably more of a... I don't know, there's too many. There's too many, whatever your internet feed is, there's too much of it. I've yeah. tried to, like, like every three months I try to say, okay... I'm going to go on like uh, an information diet where I just funnel things from very specific sources. Yeah. But there's just the problem is there's just always something interesting out there that catches your eye. Yes. You know, I do. It's like trying to have a monastery uh, like on the Las Vegas Strip. You know, the level of difficulty is much, much harder than if you're, like, you're like, uh, It's exactly what I was thinking. Nothing. We're going to think nothing uh, about nothing except meditation in the Lord right. uh, 24 hours a day. But I need you to walk across. Uh, I need you to walk into the lobby uh, of this casino first. Of and the penthouse club. You need yeah. to walk through the penthouse club to get to, yeah. Um, yeah. Gene, Gene on Twitter says, should the Texans steer clear of C.J. Stroud simply because of the wavering? I'm probably just a gun-shy Texans fan at this point, but we can't afford to, quote, have the other shoe drop, quote, on us yet again. And it's a tweet, so there's no nuance. I think what he's referring to is, I'm going to read this as him referring to maybe Deshaun Watson and David Mulligetta in some way. Like if he's, CJ Stroud is wavering about coming out. Should we be worried that if he does come out and the Texans draft him, do we, do we, are we in another Deshaun situation again? Here was Nick Casario, general manager of the Texans, when we asked him about your or his relationship with David Mulligetta, who is the agent for Deshaun Watson and C.J. Stroud. Philosophically, my belief has always been to just try to maintain a consistent uh, relationship with with agents and and representatives, understanding there's going to be players each year and you really don't allow one situation to affect future decisions. I mean, it's not a really good way to do business. So I have a lot of respect for David. David's got a lot of good players. He's had a lot of good players for a number of years now. So you really can't make decisions based off of that. Like you have to look at the player. You have to evaluate the player. Are you comfortable with the player when the player comes in the building? So, and at some point you're going to have a dialogue with the representatives. So the draft is a little bit different because when you draft a player, especially in the first rounds, the contracts are pretty much slotted and you kind of know what that is. But then as you move forward into free agency, so my philosophy has always been never let one uh, situation impact future situations. I think that's just the right way to do business. So uh, certainly not going to dissuade us from, you know, 
looking at a player, honestly, it's not fair to that player to eliminate the player based on what some other perceived factor might be. Again, I've had dialogue with David. We had dialogue last year in free agency about some different players. He's, he's had multiple players. He had, a, you know, we talked, I asked him about a corner. There's various players that we were actually talking about during the Deshaun, uh, say, trade negotiations. So conversation is always fluid. So I have a lot of respect for David. Um, and the job that he does, and he has really good players. So our responsibility is to look at everything and not let um, an individual dissuade you from making a decision. So I've never approached business that way. I'm not going to approach business that way. People that know me know that's how I operate. So try to be consistent in that respect. There you go. Yeah. They're I cool. Think that this goes both ways, too. Um, and I want to address another text that we got. Um, I think that it goes both ways. One, the Texans – really can't be in the business of, you know, blacklisting any agent, especially ones that have some of the best players in football. Yes. So, uh, you know, theoretically, if you're going to win uh, a Super Bowl someday, then you're going to have some guys on your team that are represented by either David Mulligetta or perhaps some other uh, agent that you don't like. You know, it's just that's just the way the business works. And I think likewise – and this is what I, I'm almost, you know, telling myself this because I think I errantly believed this for a while. I wondered whether David Mulligetta would try to steer his clients away from the Texans for any particular reason. I think that for the same reason the Texans don't want to, you know, ban an agent. Likewise, an agent wouldn't want to not do business with an entire team because sometimes, sometimes there are only two teams interested in your client. And if the Texans are one of them, then all of a sudden, if you're not going to send your client there and everybody knows it, then you've got a lot of issues. Uh, you don't have nearly as much leverage. You know, it's never, it's never all 32 teams bidding for your client. It's usually two, three, four, five, whatever. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. And I also think that Casario, by working so well with Mulligetta, to A, get him traded without a lot of drama from the Texans themselves, and B, uh, basically send Deshaun ended up getting more guaranteed money than anybody might get, not just in the past, but in the next two or three years. So yeah, I, I'm not uh, as worried about that. And then as far as um, the contention, some people think that CJ Stroud or others uh, might at, at any given time avoid the draft because they don't want to go to a certain team. Please think that through before you ever say it out loud, because what you're suggesting is that they don't want to go to a bad team this year but they would like to be drafted number one overall next year to a team who is what? Like, awesome? Yeah. (laughs) Where is the – that's what comes. That is the curse of being the number one overall pick in the draft. That is your lot in life, you poor son of a bitch. You're going to get $40 guaranteed, but it's going to be to a bad team. So deal with it. Yeah, right, right yeah. John Lopez? Side note, I love when Seth says, son of a bitch. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so just, funny. It's like honey dripping from his lips. <laughs> it's just, it's he just says it right. You <laughs> have to know how to cuss. There's an art to cussing the right yes, way. Yes, yes. Uh, and so I my, know that's that's My co-host is Picasso. <laughs> yes, <God>. he <laughs> is. Hey, hey. Hey. It's Monday. What? It is Monday. You guys are here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We would normally be gone by now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That made my Four-hour day. show, I'm bushed. Uh, one of the little okay. simple, one of the simple little pleasures I get in life is when I uh, pull into the uh, 
pull onto the parking lot and I see Sean's truck. I'm oh, like, thank I, you. Life is John, good. Thank you. Life is John good. John Lopez. <laughs> yes, sir. I thought I thought you were about to make the point that we are not at an MLK uh, parade, and I was starting to I was, I was squirming trying to figure out. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, you son like, of a well, bitch. Yeah, you mean, should go. <laughs> I plan on I plan on honoring. Yes. Dang, uh, <laughs> Seth. I'm gonna do it on social media. God, I've said I'm multiple going. nice oh, no, things on social media. Doesn't that's what it that's what matters these days. Yeah. Did I say it to strangers on social media? Right, sure, right. I could talk to my kids about the civil rights movement, but I'll just tweet something and Graham. that's just the same. Graham. Thing. Which uh, is actually yeah, do that for hey everybody. Honestly, uh you should like uh talk to your kids about civil rights and Martin Luther King and kind of revisit what it was like uh you know, pre nineteen sixty four, especially because uh, a lot of people just actually don't get it. There you go. Oh my gosh. Did you have a nice weekend, my friend? Well, I had a fantastic weekend. And and that's that's uh yeah, it was just like nonstop football, went to a couple of birthday parties of close friends and well, and my niece and another close friend, and it was good. It was really good. It, it, it was the best weekend you can have not fishing. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you could have not fishing. That I could fishing. have yeah. not, not fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. What was your favorite game out of all the games? Oh, boy. That's a tough question. I would have to say Cincinnati, yeah. only because I didn't bet on it, but I picked Cincinnati before the season to start the season slow, get hot at the end, and then make a oh. run to the Super Bowl. So I want I'm, I'm cheering for me. Basically. Okay, yeah, uh, that game would make me nervous. Then last night they let a yeah, they let the Ravens yeah. hang around for a while. Yeah, you yeah, no, a, that that was my favorite. Also, a defensive lineman scoring a touchdown. I'm mean, come on. Yeah, so I meant to ask Seth. Did you ever score a touchdown like that at any level of football where you scooped it up and ran it back? Uh. Like, no. Okay. No. I scored a touchdown as a running back my freshman year in high school. Okay. But then I was like J.K. Dobbins. Uh, my usage went down, and I, 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 you belly uh, I made a big stink about it. No red zone so touches. Fine. We're going to move you to defensive line. See how yeah. you like that. You'll probably go yeah. pro or Seth something. Seth had a, held court saying, I need more red zone touches. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's right. <laughs> I do remember. I remember being a – it's so funny when I think back on to Matt Mackey, my high school coach, like breaking it to me that he wanted to move me from running back to uh, to line and, and how distraught I was over it. Like, I can't – what a stupid kid. <laughs> what, a, like, what a moron. Close to the damn NFL. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We uh, we are done uh, in the loop. Up next, Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig, and um, we'll be back here tomorrow at 6 a.m. Seth, antibodies to you. Skeleton. Antibodies and a revised explanation of the rules of a roller derby to you guys. I feel I botched that one apparently. Fulfill- yeah. Oh, really? Ah, kind of. Okay, all right. You get points for passing the blockers. Too. You do? Okay. Yeah. All right. Just I, I was going to say. All right. Um, we're done. We're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Till then, have a great day, everybody. Antibodies to you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.